0: Kimba radio broadcast still self-isolating still social distancing although on the few times when I do go to grab some essentials every time I go to the grocery store I notice there are runs on certain things and they don't always make sense for instance the last time I went to the grocery store it was anything butter and margarine and specifically tubs gone the shelves were just empty there's a run on butter. Okay, sure. Why not? A little saturated fat never hurt anybody or did it? This is episode five and the home of the brave. This is actually going to be a two-parter because of the excellent question from Erin. It's a two-part question, so it will require a two-part answer. She asks, which interview did you go into thinking it would be a challenge for whatever reason, and it turned out amazing. And inversely, which is not as painful as it sounds, who did you think would be easy to interview? And it ended up not going as expected. In this episode, we're going to tackle the first question. Which interview did you think was going to be a challenge for whatever reason, and it turned out amazing? Now, I'm not going to say that it turned out amazing, per se, but I do have two interviews that were definitely challenging, but for completely different reasons. Um, As I mentioned in episode two of radio broadcast, Introduce Yourself, I was extremely shy growing up, but I love the creativity. And the first word that comes to mind for me is privacy of being on the radio. And I know that sounds ridiculous given the amount of people that are listening at any given time. But you're by yourself in the studio. And I always looked at it as I was talking to one person. You. I was talking to you. You know, I never thought of it as talking to the masses. It was just you and I hanging out, listening to some tunes. It's kind of how it was. So it was more intimate for me, more private. I started on the air in October of 87. And in October of 1990, I was chosen to go out to Los Angeles for the Halloween haunt at Universal Studios. It was a week-long gig. Stations from around the country broadcasting for this giant Halloween party. Now, yeah, eventually there was a, there's a Universal Studios now in Orlando. Now it's called Halloween Horror Nights. But this was one of the first times they'd ever done this. But the horror for me <laughs> would be going from... 87 to 90, that's 1987 to nineteen ninety—three three years on the air, and not doing, yeah, doing exactly zero interviews to doing countless interviews for five days in a row. It's kind of like when you hear people tell the story that they learned how to swim because one of their parents just threw them into the pool. <laughs> that's kind of how it was. I was the only night jock there. So each day I was on at, what was it, four to nine LA time. And it had to be brutal for the East Coast morning shows because they started on the air at three in the morning. Usually that'd probably be what time they were getting up, but they had to be on site and broadcasting at three in the morning. That had to be crazy. So mine was four to nine in the evening. So I was pretty much by myself, especially for the last few hours. And I wasn't totally alone. Mitch Phillips, who is my Man Voices podcast co-host, was out there with me because he was our production guy and he helped... He helped tape interviews, and he did a couple interviews himself, and there were musicians and actors and supermodels, and they they all came out, though, in a certain window. They weren't going to cater to whatever times we were on, so I had to make sure that I got up and I was there on site for that window if I wanted to get any of these interviews. Alice Cooper who was headlining the Halloween concert, Spencer Davis, Dr. Demento, Paula Poundstone, Eddie Money, Kevin Pollack, Courtney Gaines, Mitchell Anderson, Mary Edith Burrell, uh, Billy Vera, Paulie Shore, Super Dave Osborne, Clifton Davis, John Anderson of Yes, Weird Al Yankovic, Charles Fleischer. Oh, those last two were a blast, by the way. There is also an off-site interview with Paul McCartney. Now, all of the aforementioned, aside Sir Paul, came over to the individual radio station tents, and they would just go from tent to tent and do their interviews. And because I worked nights, some of those that I just mentioned, (laughs) like Mitchell Anderson and Courtney Gaines, they were on movies or TV shows that I just had not seen one of them figured out that I had no idea who he was and he was it was kind of ended up being funny. And it turns out that Courtney Gaines is in Sweet Home Alabama, which I've seen a bunch of times, but it wasn't until I was digging up stuff for this that I realized that I interviewed him. He played the cop in Sweet Home Alabama. So, you know, and so then there was a Roseanne Barr. and and Tom Arnold. They were married at the time. And so this is October of um, 90. And it was in July of 90, that Roseanne had sang the national anthem and caused quite the controversy when she grabbed her crotch and spit at the end of the song. Because yeah, people loved that. No, no, they did not. She did not go to all 40 ish stations. She wasn't going to go from 10 to 10. She was Roseanne Barr. So somehow and I don't know how they chose us. But I was one of the ones selected to go and to interview her. To say I was crapping my pants would be an understatement. She was known at the time, you know, the household goddess, and she was known to be loud and uh, abrasive and what happened on the baseball mound. And this shy girl had to talk in front of someone, like instead of her just being the two of us in in my little tent I had to interview her while a, the next group was waiting. There's a gr- group of people, onlookers around, which is not my wheelhouse in 1990, to have people watching me do an interview, and especially one that I was scared to do. So when I sat down next to her, she could see how nervous I was, and and I was. And she even said to Tom something along the lines of how scared I looked and how, it well, was. look how nervous she is and that cute. She found it cute. She found it endearing. Thankfully, luckily- that did not empower her to chew me up and spit me out. Instead, <laughs> she <laughs> thought it was cute and humored me and answered some of the ridiculous questions I threw at her. And I think you'll be able to hear the abject terror in my voice when I begin this interview. I kind of get my bearings, but you can hear it at first. Here it is.
1: How many more are they? All,
0: right. All right. Hi, how Hi you
2: I'm doing? Kimba. How are you? Yeah. What's your name? Timba. Kimba. Kimba. Kimba? Yeah. Three, two, one. Me, Kimba, sitting with Roseanne Barr and Tom Arnold. Roseanne, when did you first realize your potential to become a sex goddess?
1: Oh, am I a sex goddess? Um, You bet, honey. (laughs) See there? I don't think I've realized it yet. Well, I guess this month. month. Why this month? Because I'm in Penthouse Magazine.
2: Are you really? Yeah. What What are you doing in there?
1: I did an interview in there, and they got
2: a nice picture of me in there. I'm, I'm, well, I don't know. I mean, is it scary, the picture? No, I, I approve so. the cleavage, so it's okay. Do you have any sexual
1: fantasies that involve Tom Jones? I think Tom Jones is really cool. I've always loved Tom Jones. Why? Do you? I love him. I love him, especially the produce really, in his pants. I always, uh, <laughs> I always try to get Tom to go over to Vegas to see him, but he won't.
2: Well, why? why do you think you won't? Because you want to come with me, that's why. Because <laughs> you're, bigger, you're bigger than Tom. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you're bigger than Tom. So what is this about you losing liquids in Tampa or something about...
1: Oh, yeah, we went on the uh, roller coaster and I peed my pants on there.
2: What roller coaster was this?
1: The one it's that a went bush upside down at Busch Gardens. So we didn't know it was going to go upside down and it was really scary. Oh, it's like the python or something, the scorpion
2: scarier, or something was, like yeah. that. It was scarier to the people below us, believe me. I don't know, you probably could have sold the seats for like a really high price. Yes, I do. What about, do you like movies about gladiators?
1: Yeah, how come you know all this stuff about me?
3: <laughs> I made up the questions. Oh. He knows a lot about you. How come Our, so oh. What is he? Our
2: morning guy, the Stud Muffin, is, his dream is to have his name tattooed on your ass. Now, what advice do you have for him? Get lost, pal. You better change his name to Tom, right? Yeah, yeah. or something yeah, they, like that. Get a new dream. Now, a bunch of guys around here came up to me, and they told me later tonight they want to take me by myself to a place called the Greased Glove. Do you, what, do you, what do you think I should do? you think I should go?
1: Or? Well, I think the name says it all, you know. I think,
2: I think you'd know. enjoy it. <laughs> Would you go with me?
1: I can't. I can't do that. No. No, but I can, uh, no, I won't say it. Come on. Oh, come on. No, i got to go home with my husband.
2: Are you into Zeppelin at all? Yeah. What's your favorite Zeppelin song?
1: A uh, Whole lot of Love, which I was going to, I'm going to try to sing at my uh, show like at nice. the amphitheater. Rock and roll. No, I need my whole uh, band behind me before I sing again.
2: Your whole band—what like a hundred-piece orchestra? I've been
1: working with Chaka Khan's band. They're on my album, so that's who I only sing with them now. And the name of your album? I enjoy being a girl, and I did a hard rock version of that song. So your next album could be like I enjoy being a sex goddess or something. Like that. Now my next album—I don't know if there will be a next <laughs> album. I put all my material on this one.
2: But you're planning That'll on— It'll be a whole long time.
1: Yeah, I like to do a whole lot of love. Okay, Absolutely. we'll do it tonight. We know them guys.
2: You really?
1: Our plan? Hello. Yeah. A couple, I saw you, right? Hi, Roseanne Barr with Kimba. Kimba, Kimba. Yeah, so
0: that's me scared to death interviewing Roseanne Barr in 1990. But given her history and where she's at now, perhaps I was right to be scared. So I don't know that that was an amazing interview by any stretch, but it turned out a whole lot better than I thought it would. Truly, it did that. We actually had a conversation with each other, worked out swimmingly. And the question is from Aaron, former colleague. Thanks for that. So, it's which interview did you go into thinking it would be a challenge, and it turned out amazing. Inversely, who did you think would be easy to interview, and it ended up not going as expected. So, this episode of radio broadcast is addressing the first part of that question. Roseanne Barr was one of them that I thought was I didn't know what it was going to happen, and it turned out okay. And the next one that I wasn't sure how it was going to go is 2006. Um, By now, I'm at an adult contemporary station, and I have to interview Michael Bolton. The challenge was, and how do I put this delicately? I was not really a fan of Mr. Bolton's music. And I don't even really like saying that out loud. Not because I don't have opinions. (laughs) If you know me, you know I'm very opinionated. While I'm entitled to my opinion, and everyone has one, which are like, well, you know. And my mom always said, if you can't say anything nice, call her. Don't say it at all. But music is subjective to me. And every band or artist, for every person who hates that band, it's somebody else's favorite. That's why I don't even like putting it out there. Because... Who cares whether I like some a musician or not? But that's that's why it was going to be a challenge for me because I'd never had to interview someone that I I didn't like their music. So it was going to be very interesting, I thought. So my mom, by the way, who gave me such wonderful advice, loved Michael Bolton and was thrilled that I was interviewing him. It was the the first time that I had to find another angle to to. I didn't know how I was going to do it because I didn't have to do it before. So I I had seen interviews with him and I knew he had three daughters or three dollars. He might have three dollars, too. I think he's a little more than that. Three daughters. He's a a feminist and, and he does a lot of charity work. So I knew that I would like Michael Bolton the person. So that's what I focused on. And here's how it
3: went. Kimba, very nice uh, to speak to you. Thanks for taking the time.
0: I'm just wondering if it's some kind of alignment in the planets, with the exception of Pluto, because, you know, he's out of there.
3: (laughs) Whatever they're going to call it.
0: (laughs) Your your dream list of projects, it includes this album of songs that Frank Sinatra made famous, the Bolton Swing Sinatra, not long after this CD comes out. Next Wednesday, the 4th of October, you will perform at the Sinatra Theater.
3: Very exciting, because not only are we performing there, we are starting our tour there first show of this American run, very aptly, and I didn't do it on purpose. So I didn't say, find me a theater with Sinatra. <laughs> I have a lot of friends in Florida.
0: Now, are they friends that you made here in your travels, or people you've known who have ended up moving down here? Because by oh. law, some people do have to move here after a certain time. <laughs>
3: Both. I hadn't even thought about it. You know what? I didn't get into their requirements. Uh, you
0: didn't? You mortgages. didn't get... Oh, they need to get um, that um, report into you.
3: I got to call them and find out. Absolutely. Exactly here. A lot of them because they, they were done with winter up here in, where I live in Connecticut. One of the most talented people is a Cuban-born record producer, Rudy Perez his family live in Miami. And I've recorded, I recorded an album called Vintage two albums ago. So I I have spent quite a bit of time there. Then I also have my golf buddies. They're all at their places in in Florida.
0: So you never know when you'll get a Michael Bolton spotting (laughs) in South Florida.
3: (laughs) Hopefully i will be just finishing golf and on my way to the studio.
0: That's a perfect day for you? Yeah. Yeah.
3: It gets cold here fairly early in the year now. It's different. You know, I'm spending a lot of time in California because my fiancés out there. And so spending a lot of time in Los Angeles you get pretty spoiled in down in Florida.
0: Oh, absolutely. And as you just mentioned, I think as most everybody knows, you enlisted the vocal assist of the Miss Desperate Housewife star, Nicolette Sheridan, performs a duet with you the second time around. And I'm always spouting about, I really do, I think it's so cool when a musician, a songwriter writes a song about his or her love, because it's something you have forever. But now I'm thinking, this could be equally as cool to invite her to record a song with you.
3: Well, there is a really cool backstory here with... Second time around, because Sammy Kahn, who wrote it, Sammy Kahn used to be the go to guy when, when Sinatra needed a hit. They would call Sammy, What do you got for me, Sammy? And Sammy, wonderful, gracious human being. And his wife, Tita, loves Nicolette, and Sammy used to adore Nicolette, but I didn't know that. So they lived out in Los Angeles. Hmm. So they were friends. And when I told her I was thinking of cutting this song, and I played it for her, and she loved the lyrics because it was our, kind of our story. you know what, I'm going to cut it. Then we sprung it on her after we recorded it. We recorded it at Capitol Studios where Frank recorded quite a, quite a bit of material. And I said to her, okay, my co-producer and I were talking about this and want you to come in and sing it. We're going to turn it to a duet. She freaked out. She is basically fearless. Basically, you know, she's a great athlete, but she also scuba dives and she doesn't swim away from sharks. She's fascinated with sharks. So she'll actually swim towards the... Well, the- she does work the- in Hollywood, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to swim towards them. Just going <laughs> with a shark is actually... Sure. Yes. Living with a shark. Yes. It's a lot of... Don't get me started on my Hollywood. Okay. Wears, Holly wears <laughs> so
0: door. anyway, she's fearless. Um, but when she heard this, she's, it's like somebody else speaking in public in their yeah, underwear. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah.
3: Gotcha. And, but I have heard her sing for so many years. And then when she sees I'm listening, she clams up. She gets very self-conscious. But mm-hmm. She's got a beautiful voice, beautiful tone. Actually, she has great pitch, which something that a lot of people don't have the ability to know when you're singing in key you know you shouldn't have to think about that if you're just you know singing
1: sing, along sing yeah something
3: you love you should have fun singing all you need to do is actually use your voice and you'll feel much more cure and much more confident i've been telling you this for years so this time there was plenty of impetus to do this including you know the sammy khan connection she walked down the hallway and on the left was a picture of nat king on oh, the right, Judy Garland. Oh, yeah. No
0: pressure. Not at all.
3: She said, why did you have to bring me here? Why couldn't we go to a little <laughs> no, no One Knows Anybody studio, you know?
0: I am speaking with Michael Bolton, who will be in town to start off his tour and the season of the Sinatra Theater October 4th. So what you're saying, Michael, is that when Nicolette visits you on the road, she won't hop up on stage and do that song live. Oh, Lord, she'd- <laughs> Not that fearless, just quite yet. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. Although one more note on that, I think you should be looking over your shoulder on this tour at all times because she owes you one big after the whole punk thing. Okay. I'm just letting, <laughs> I'm just letting <laughs> you know that one.
3: Oh, you caught that.
0: Oh, I certainly did. Although uh, she handled it, I guess you knew she'd handle it as well as she did.
3: Yeah, I I had a few choices of different ones to go with different possible. Points.
0: That was one of the nicer ones.
3: And that was a sweet one, I know she's a she kind of turns into a caretaker. I know when she sees people like you know in trouble, she's like okay. How can I fix this?
0: And for those of you who want to see it, I guess you can find it on YouTube. Yes i heard for years and years about all of your work, most especially with women and children. And as a former child and a current woman, I can't help but thank you very much for that.
3: You're welcome. I'm surrounded by great people who are doing the real work. I have to show up to help raise the money. And any time someone like yourself allows me to talk about it, I appreciate it.
0: And certainly, if, if you want to find out more about it, you, MichaelBolton.com. There's a link to your charity on there, and you can find out more about it. But you are quite the humanitarian, and, and we thank you for using your powers for good.
3: Well, thank you for helping. Us. We have a great show. Frank Sinatra, theme. Yes. A great uh, way to kick off this tour. That's it. Performing the hits, by the way, just so you know, and the fans know when they come from wherever they're driving from to come see the show, we have lots of the hits.
0: That they know and love. fans
3: have embraced and have plenty of the hits during the show, but then we get into this area of the Bolton Swing Sinatra that is so much fun. Live horns on stage
0: as we mentioned before busy he's a busy busy guy so Michael Bolton thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about the show and now that we know you're here all the time in South Florida you know Miami Fort Lauderdale you know when you you could stop by you can call say hi
3: I would love to do <laughs> I'm sure you would <laughs> I would even if it's from the golf course
0: if you want to call from the golf course and just say hey Kimba um, I'm out uh, I'm at hole number 8 hi to everybody
3: yeah, yeah. What, what iron do I use Kimba? Um, I, iron, would,
0: four, I would go for a pitching wedge myself
3: go with, I'll go with a wedge
0: yeah I am the divot queen is what ah, I am
3: tough game well I yeah. hope to see you at the show please come back and say hello
0: yeah Michael Bolton from 2006 and I think it turned out alright you know I think you can tell I liked him and I did And I've I've really come to appreciate his talent. And in the you've come a long way, baby style, I interviewed him again in February of last year, 2019, and went to see him in concert. And he sounded fantastic. His fans are rabid, as fans of musicians usually are. And I really enjoyed watching them watch him. So, yeah, I guess you could say uh, I'm a convert in that respect. And then there's the whole Jack Sparrow digital short for SNL. That was very endearing as well. Uh, so that is part one. Th- those are the two that I thought were really going to be a challenge. And they were to some extent, but they all they ended up okay. No limbs were lost. The second part of that question, which is the interviews that I thought would be really simple, <laughs> and ended up not going quite as expensive. Did. The next musical shares will be the second part of the question, and you'll hear those in episode six of Me Kimba Radio broadcast. Can't fight the seether. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Thanks to Aaron for asking, and thanks to you for listening and becoming one of Kimba's herd. You can see this cast at youtube.com/slash her Kimba please if you go there subscribe thank you and thank you for listening to me Kimba radio broadcast episode five and the home of the brave and no I'm not going to do